Well, this morning, our scripture reading is Romans chapter 8. Our bulletin says 14 through 19, but I'm going to expand that a little bit. So we're going to do verses 12 through 19, Romans chapter 8, 12 through 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, and you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are, if we are children, then we are heirs. We're heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in His sufferings in order that we may also share in His glory. I consider our present sufferings not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. This is the word of God for the people of God. Well, we are going to transition from the series that we were doing, um, Coffee with God, um, back to the series that uh, we were working on a little beforehand called Knowing What You Have. So we're kind of going back and forth between these two series. Um, partly is just um, Coffee with God is a sit-down conversations, sit-down conversations that I've had <laughs> with the Lord, and it's kind of like putting it all out there kind of thing. Um, but um, at the same time, I think it's important that as a church and as we're building and growing and moving into position, that we understand what we have and what we've been given. So, thus, our series, Knowing What You Have. Up to this point, we've walked through a few things. We've walked through understanding that we have the mind of Christ. We understand that we have the Holy Spirit that lives in us, and part of who he is, is that he is our comforter, he's our teacher, he's our chain breaker, he is our wisdom, and he is our intercessor. We also talked about position and value, position, that we're heirs with Christ. This is going to be an interesting one for me today. Um, today we're going to talk about adoption, that we are adopted into the family of God. The title of the sermon is called Adoption Papers. 
this is um, a topic that can be very, very close to some people and to other others, it's something that's more distanced and they've never experienced something along these lines. Um, for myself, it's in, in two different ways, in two different fashions. Um, one is, is very, 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 very close to me, my best friend for 30 years. Um, on the other side of things, it's before Julie and I had children, and most of you know, that we were teaching parents in group homes. And so there were children that would come to us uh, for whatever reason, but it was they were our family. And so that's something that has connected us, and, and still to this day we are close to a few of them. I wish it was more, but uh, at the same time, um, I'm just blessed, blessed by it. I am the kind of, I'm the guy that when you watch the videos, whether it's on Facebook or whatever, and, and a parent is going to adopt a child or, or a child is going to sign some adoption papers, I, I just, I just, it crushes me. I just, I just start crying. It's just something that's just one of the most beautiful things in the world to me. And, and I just, I just love it. And I, I, and at points I will watch the same video over and over again, um, because I want it to be real to me. The passage which we read this morning out of Romans chapter 8 gives us a picture of what that adoption is. And there's, there's a couple different things that we're going to look at today as, as we move through this. But first is like, what does that mean for me? What is adoption? What does this adoption into the family of God mean for me? What does it mean for my life? And then lastly, what does it mean for those around me? What does it mean for me? It's, it's an interesting take on adoption. Um, and I think at times our society has a difficult time grasping what it means for us as far as the family of God. Simply because, for the most part as a society, we have a tendency to not accept to not receive. Now, I joke when, when we get into different, um, or when I get into teaching different studies on spiritual gifts, one of the ones that I joke about is that I think there should be a gift of receiving. I think there should be a gift. I think we should be able to have a gift of receiving. So when somebody wants to give you something, that's like, yes, yes, sure, I'll take that. But that's not normally what happens, is it? If somebody wants to give you something or they want to do something for us, then there's this standoffish response that we have for the most part it, it's like no 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 I, i'm fine i don't need that or no no you don't need to help me now whether it's from a point of em embarrassment or from a point of pride um whether it's from a point of lack of self-worth or lack of value we have a tendency to stiff arm when somebody wants to do something for us. And we find it hard to get over that hurdle, to accept. But see, here we have the one who breathed life into each one of our lungs, who created us for a, a purpose, designed us intimately to have relationship with him. And then to take it a step further, to take his only begotten son and send him to a cross 
in his sufferings to provide a way for us to be adopted into his family. And he wants us. He wants us. Now, some of what I've shared is, is from my own personal experience in that this. When I worked at the group home, it was easy for me to invite those children who came into our home into my life. It was easy for me to do that. But I look at the other side of these children. Do you have any idea how long it takes to build the trust of a child who has been hurt and burned? It takes time, it takes work, it takes dedication, it takes a lot of love, and it takes faith for those things. So here we are having been hurt, burned, some of us not at all having the role model of a father that is needed, and somebody comes up to us and says, God the Father wants to be your dad and he wants to adopt you. And sometimes that first response is, let me tell you how I see a father. And then all of a sudden they bring in these steamer trunks full of stuff and they flip the lid open and they start pulling it out. Well, here's why I don't believe, here's why I don't trust, here's why I shouldn't accept, Here, and it just keeps coming. You see, a lot of times we do the same thing when somebody says, look, you can trust God. And here we are in, this, in a time where people are telling us that. The church is saying, pastors are saying, you need to just trust the Lord through this. But in the back of some people's minds, there is a suitcase full of stuff to go, why I shouldn't? One of the things that I used to tell I tell my kids today, I got all the time in the world. Take as much time as you need, but you can trust me. I've got all the time in the world. And sure enough, have I been tested? Absolutely. But I have all the time in the world. And see, that's what God is for us. You know, if he's going to take the time, which he did to create us, to make us, to breathe life into our lungs, and yet he stands there with a set of adoption papers that are already signed. You just need to put your signature on them. But it takes time sometimes for us to trust him. So we have situations come up in life and he proves himself faithful. And he will and he does over and over again. It may not be in our time frame. It certainly has at points not been in my time frame. But there is a point in time where he does answer, where he is faithful, and he is who he says he is. So this means for me, a new life. Adoption into the family of God is a new life. It's putting away the old and letting it go. It's releasing it, not to pick it back up, but to release it. And you step into your new life. Adoption. <clears throat> what happens when I accept that? See, it's, getting, it's us getting past the hurdle 
of acceptance. And getting past that hurdle is oftentimes the enemy is just barking in our ear about who God is not, how he has been wrong in the past, and how you can't trust him. But we have to accept that. That is in our own power. He is not going to force that. I've said before, you know, I, I, can, I can wrestle Julie to the ground, put her in a headlock. I mean, say you love me. Say it. Say it. And if she does, what does it mean? Nothing. But those times where she walks up and just says, Ian, I love you, that's her choice. That's her choice. And we have the same choice to come to God, to pull out the paper, sign it. Yes, I accept this intimate relationship that you desire to have with me. You see, that's why when Paul's writing in Romans, he goes on, he says <clears throat> that we call him Abba Father. Not Father. And my kids do this to me all the time. They're like, yes, Father. I'm like, come on. You know, because it, to me, it makes me feel, you know what I mean? It makes me feel like this haughty, high and mighty type thing. You know, <laughs> they get a huge kick out of it. But I, I, I really, genuinely, I laugh along with it. But, you know, points you know, I just don't think that's funny because there's a detachment from daddy. There's a detachment from that intimate closeness of the word daddy. Now, if they want something and they come up, father, can I have, or dad, can I have this, this, this? If they come up and go, daddy, yes, what do you need? I'm there. You know, there's just that reference of going from that distance to that intimacy. And that's what Paul's talking about here is that when we sign our adoption papers, that we come to the throne of God and say, Daddy. Now, for some of us, there's a whole lot of healing that needs to go in right there. Because the example that we've had on this earth doesn't match what God's talking about. And so, the first step is to go, Father, Daddy, heal me from what I know. Reprogram my mind so that I understand more so of this intimacy from the scriptures of what you're talking about. We go from this distanced relationship to this close intimacy and Paul goes on to talk about, he says that we are heirs with Christ. That we are heirs. What does that mean? That means that what the Lord has and what God owns is for me too. So th those children, when children here are adopted into a family, the papers are signed, they have the last name, then they are heirs to what the parents have. Doesn't matter if they weren't birthed in the family, they are the family. And so they have rights, they have position to what the family owns. 
then there's no difference with us. It seems kind of crazy for me to go, you know what? I'm co-heirs with Christ. Whatever Jesus gets, I get. Really? And when's the last time you walked on water? That's our point of acceptance, right? That's our point of going, okay, am I really going to accept this? Do I really have the right to step into the throne room of an almighty God, call him daddy, and ask for things that I might need? And the answer is yes. Let that sink in. At points it seems odd, but what that brings up in us is we're having to face our own lack of self-worth. Because the reality is, is that Jesus died for me so that I would have this type of a relationship with God. The question is, will I step into it? Will I accept it? But we are. We are heirs. Um, Paul goes on, Paul talks about in um, Galatians chapter 4, um, starting, in, starting in verse 4. He says, but when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of woman, under the law to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship or daughtership. Because you are his sons and daughters, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. Again, who calls out Abba, Father, so that you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. I don't know about you, but when I read that, then there's a sense of value and worth that I can feel building inside of me. I'm not on the fringes of this relationship any longer. I've been brought close, very close. And it means that I can tap into my daddy's heart's desire for my life and that he will share that with me and that he will map out the path for me to take to be everything that he designed me to be. You see, this adoption is not about God being a genie in a bottle and asking him, okay, God, I would like whatever, but you only get three wishes. Now, that's not it at all. It's really stepping into this relationship with God out of a submitted heart and going, I understand that I'm your son and I understand that you want me to call you daddy and that I can be in your presence at any point in time. At the same time, I am going to submit myself to you, trusting that since you designed and created me, that you have a path for my life to become what it is that you need me to become. So this being adopted and this being an heir and having rights doesn't mean that you just get to do what you want. But there is a process of stepping forth into becoming everything that God designed you to be so that he is glorified. The last part of the scriptures that we read this morning out of Romans verse 17 says, now that we are children, we are heirs, heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ. Indeed, if we are in share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. 
being his kids, being his children, I've said it before, creates and allows us to be a stage created for him to show himself so that he's glorified. But we get to share in that. That means we get to have a part of that. And that's exciting. It's really exciting. So what does this mean for those around us? Well, first of all, one of the things it says that the spirit that we received out of verse 15, for you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. That does not make you a slave again to fear. That means that you were saved out of that slavery and that you don't go back to it. So the Spirit is deposited within us so that we are not a slave to the fear. When people around us see what God is doing in us and through us, they want that. So, yes, in our adoption, we are putting God on display but he's also flowing through us to reach those around us. So if we decide to not accept that, then we continue to live in that fear and worry and anxiety and frustrations. And quite honestly, those type of people are hard to be around. But somebody who is full of faith, confidence, positive, sees the good, understands that God is at work no matter what. Those are the kind of people you kind of want to walk up to and kind of hook your arm around and go, hey, man, so uh, let's hang out for the rest of our lives. You know, because it's something that we really feed off of, and it's something that our souls absorb, and we want that. But see, in our adoption, that is positioning us to be those people. So in the middle of all of this, in our Adoption and, and our willingness to accept that as we receive these gifts that God desires for us and we live in the rights that we have as believers, those around us are drawn to that. They're drawn to that. It is a powerful thing to accept our adoption. Now, there's a whole lot more that goes with it, and we may even talk more about it next week because to further explain the rights, the position, what does it really mean to be an heir and what comes with that? But to grasp the fact that there is a hurdle for society for us to jump over to accept our position with God is huge. It's huge. It's like when people talk about the different problems that you may have. Well, you know, 50% of, of victory in a problem is understanding what the problem is. And it's really with this, to, to really further understand our relationship and to start diving into the intimacy in our relationship between us and God, part of that is to understand that you're adopted. If you've accepted Christ as your Savior, you're adopted into this family. And you have rights, and you are heir to all of it. 
But sometimes when we see something that's more of a visual and somebody and God were to come up and he were to say, okay, I've signed them. You sign them. It's your turn. You sign them. You sign the papers. Church, I can tell you, I can tell you it's worth it. It's worth it. The God that is totally unlimited in hope, in joy, in love, in compassion, in peace, in kindness, is inviting us to walk with him through this life and all of the trials that come along with it. And I'm telling you, church, it is worth it. It is worth it. Your life will never be the same, and the lives around you will change. They will. So I just want to encourage us this morning to understand and just grasp a little bit more um, even at points identify where are our areas of not being able to accept. And even with that, you're not on your own because you take those things and you take them to God and go, God, look, I, need, I, really, need, I really need you to step in and help me walk through this. And the answer will be, yes, son. Yes, daughter, I will. That doesn't mean that you can start telling him how you want to do it. Right? Yeah, I'm famous for that. God, I need help with it as long as we do it this way. And he's like, no, 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 no. Uh-uh, we're going to do it my way because, <laughs> Ian, do you see where you are right now? That's because of your choices. Let's try this. Follow me, trust me. And it will work out because he is faithful and true. So church, I just really, just to encourage you today, understand where are some of our hang-ups Surrender them to God. Let him lead us through it. Keep in mind that our adoption is about intimacy and relationship and that he craves to spend time with us. It's one of the things that we were talking about earlier. You know, being here at church, there's a few people sitting in the pews, but man, we all miss all of us being together, right? We do. Just, we miss that. And God misses it, spending that time with you. He wants that intimacy as well. And this is a door that he has opened for us to step through. So let's do it this week. Step through. Let's get closer to him. Um, surrender a few things. Doesn't matter to me if it's one. It doesn't matter to me if it's half a one. Every little bit steps us closer towards relationship with him and intimacy with him. And, and it is worth it. Um, I can tell you this. The church is being positioned through all of what we're dealing with right now, all the coronavirus, everything else that's coming with it, all of it, the church is being positioned to take its rightful place, to serve, to care for, to love, and to display God around us. People, minute by minute, as we walk through all of this, People are searching more and more and more, and we, church, have the truth. So let me encourage you this week, step forward, work on our own relationships with the Lord, 
and let others see who he is in us and invite them to be a part of it. So let's pray. Father, Lord God, I thank you for the day that you've given us this time that we can spend with one another. Father, whether it's in the same room, whether it's through the internet, God, you have blessed us greatly. And Father, may we proclaim your name, may we speak about it. Father, may we not be distracted by all the things that are around us, but may we continually pursue our relationship with you. And Father, may we just allow our intimacy with you to be deepened. And, and God, I ask you to continue to change us, shape us, mold us. God, refine us. Father, give us opportunities to share who you are and what you've done in our lives. And um, Father, so those who are around us may taste and see that you are good. Father, go with us this week. Bless us, encourage us. In Jesus' name, amen.